0: Hello and welcome to The Coffee House. This is 141 Studio. As always, I am Ryan Whiting and I am here with my compatriot, please don't drop this pass,
1: Paul Cushing. Okay. I uh <laughs> I thought I thought about it. I thought about mishandling it. I thought about my feet as bricks, but somehow it was nice and soft and feathery and right into the space that I needed to be in.
0: I uh I don't do much, but I can put a very uh Playable ball on your feet. Info-
1: very playable and informative ball on my feet. I, I couldn't help but want to do the thing that you asked me to do.
0: Right, right. Oh, oh off my shin and away. <laughs> um, so,
1: welcome back. Um, we are here to uh, post- post-mortem the, the World Cup and the final in which Argentina won in penalties and probably one of the best finals in modern history, I would say. Um just because of the madness of it all. And I, I I, had thought about recently that Argentina and France had an epic game four years ago in the World Cup, I think in the, the round of 16, where it was 4-3 to three France with um, Pavard's insane volley from like 25 yards out into the top corner. I do remember that now. Oh, yeah,
0: the strike of a lifetime. The strike yeah. of a
1: lifetime, yeah, where that, that will be played forever and ever and ever. Um, there is a lot to talk about because this was a fascinating game. This was, this was one of the better tactical games I've seen in a long time too. Um, as someone who watches that part of the game consistently. Um, but I think we wanted to talk about um, what happened and all of the details of, of how, um, this game made it to penalties too because that's a fascinating thing that occurred as well. Where uh, where do you want to start? Ooh, I think we have to start with... I think champions go last, right? Goat goes last. Goat goes last, right? Yeah, the goat goes last. And we're talking obviously of uh, Mr. Messi. I feel he has cemented his, his place in the Pantheon. Not to say that he wasn't already there because I believe even if they did somehow lose this match that he would have been there anyway because... He made it to two finals. Has won multiple Champions Leagues. Is one of the greatest goal scorers and playmakers of all time, easily. And um, he's still playing at a really high level. I know people think he's dropped off. He he hasn't.
0: He hasn't. well, I think he goes from three to maybe higher, and that's <laughs> about as hard as it gets. <laughs> I
1: think. I think uh, th- once you're there, I feel that at that point there's the there is no no one um, can
0: ever take it away from you now regardless of how good a player is you you know you are one of the best who's ever played while already being one of the best you get to have a claim at being the best you know
1: yeah I think too there's no once you make that that point there's no like they're all one you know there's yeah. not like a yeah. one and two and three it's they're all one you know different eras and generations but they're all one and there are tiers below that but we can we can talk about that as well. Maybe we,
0: someday we'll make an all-time ranking for ourselves.
1: Ooh, could do that. Or yeah, yeah. we
0: could do that. Or we I, could actually, you know, I'm just going to spitball ideas right here in the middle of a mm-hmm. maybe we come up with a uh, top 100 strikers alive today or mm-hmm. playing right now kind of deal.
1: 100 players. We could we could think about yeah. that. We mm-hmm. could think about that.
0: Yeah. Maybe 50 at every position. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so mm-hmm. okay, moving on to the World Cup final this was tactically an incredibly interesting game as you had said earlier Mm -hmm. uh you want to go into a little bit more detail on that real quick um i don't
1: i want to say that there's um john mckenzie of tifo has this great thread on twitter about what had occurred during this match and some of the things that he has had seen during it and there are other things that uh people have brought up but a lot of the time Argentina was looking to create overloads consistently and mainly through the middle, so they can break quickly. Um, a lot of their work was to play at the back and force France to squeeze tight and then hit the ball direct. They did that a lot during this game. I don't know if anyone really noticed that, but that was kind of the plan: was to like force France to to. They wanted France to press. They're asking yeah. France to press up high on the field, so they can create space and get over the top and get behind the wing backs. And behind a defender, so they had them running back because they saw uh, this is this is part of what France uh, part a uh, part of France's problem throughout the whole tournament was this this thing they their their wing backs were highly susceptible of being beaten over the top and not having any cover over the back. Fortunately, they had enough talent to kind of cover to kind of to cover up some of those mistakes, but um, but in this game when you have when when you have Di Maria on one side and they had Messi play out wide on the right on the you other. He drifted out wide, yeah. Yeah, it was intentional. So the Scaloni, um, the Argentina coach, it was a masterstroke because he, he put essentially their two best dribblers and their yep. two best like one-on-one players on the outside to create overloads and mismatches so that it forced France to have to move horizontally quite a bit throughout this match.
0: And like that's not exactly like this insane mad... You know, scientist kind of thing. That's just old-fashioned football. Put your best one-on-one guys on the outside. Have them attack that weakness and and figure it out. How he got there is new. But, like, that in itself is, well, is just what yeah. they've done for a hundred years.
1: Well, I think he saw that there was so much space out there and he wanted to exploit... The, like, Argentina did a lot of exploiting through the middle during the tournament. Yeah. And I think he saw that they needed to exploit out wide because that's where the space was. That's and where that the goals were going to be scored centrally. Mm-hmm. I think in the tournament, they, they felt they could overload people in the center and, and kind of play through and play really tight, yeah. like quick um, passing, And which they did do in this France game when they got, when they made it to the 18. Um, but I think the, to make create number overloads down deep into Francis third, there was a lot of balls over the top and, Kind of finding that area out wide and near into uh, to zone fourteen. That if you're looking for um, a reference as to what that is, just look up Pe- Pep Guardiola's um um his like his zones his uh, his yeah it's called um you know possessional zones or not possessional zones positional zones excuse yeah. me and um anyway so like they were looking for that half space and out wide and guess guess they put two of their best one on one players out there they wanted that that's what they wanted. As a thing, and what they did is they moved the ball along the outs, uh, along the back quite a bit, and they were looking either to go direct vertically or create just enough of an overload where they almost were outnumbered in the press, and they would swing it with one ball across the other side of the field, and yeah. whoever was out wide was intentionally out wide to create was to create space for. The opposite, uh, to create that one-on-one versus the defender. It's not necessarily like an isolation method, but it was a way to relieve pressure for them as they were trying to build out and create space for themselves further up the field.
0: And so it almost looked a little bit like, uh, to steal a basketball reference, uh, like swinging it around the outside to make the defense switch. They just ping it out to uh, primarily... On Hel Di Maria,
1: he was the who, main outlet. Yeah,
0: who would catch it on the on that left side, mm-hmm. and then you just watched France have to rotate their entire defense, and then mm-hmm. something always opened up from there, right? Because they they would make those overloads.
1: They overloaded the left side purposely. They did that. That was like a purposeful thing because Mbappe was on the left, and they knew they couldn't allow that right back to really travel forward too often, yeah. and so they forced what they did is. They created ways to have um, overloads elsewhere, and when they did go down the right, Messi was able to, um, you know, uh, mitigate some of those issues of not having a lot of support behind him because he had other players there. Um, It was also interesting because Scaloni wasn't sacrificing defensive shape, uh, uh, attacking shape in this game. Yeah. he still wanted to create a lot of chances because he knew that he was going to have to ch- create chances.
0: Yeah. France, France doesn't need a lot to score. No, they, they have don't. The talent to just sort of make it happen. Out yeah. Of nothing. I mean, they have,
1: I mean, they, even without Benzema, they still yeah. had, I mean, Giroud was still very good. Giroud's a very serviceable player. He's, he's, he's still like very He's like as solid good. as you can get. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a link up <laughs> player, a guy that foils well with Mbappe yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, you know, because um, that's the kind of player Bappe. He he's he's brought up many times as a kind of a player that Bappe likes to play with. A guy who yeah. knows how to link up, knows how to drop the ball down, so he can be in other spaces and and um, yeah, um, and they intentionally set that up. So what would happen is they were um, when like certain movements occurred, like the uh, the left back of France um, either pushed up. Or uh, Teo Hernandez, um, mm-hmm. he either pushed up or you know decided to uh, overlap um, Mbappe. There was like a set set of rules that the defenders for Argentina had to cover cover spaces. So there would be times that the right back would cover Teo, but a lot of the times it was the right back and I think it was Otamendi. It's either Otamendi or Romero. They they had the right back on Mbappe one on one. And then they had Sono coverage behind. So if the the defender was um, not able to deal with Mbappe, there was a second player there always. So it was always, always essentially a double team for Mbappe throughout this entire game. Even though he did have a hat trick in this game and yeah. scored his penalty in the shootout, I, yeah. I mean, we he can was, talk about that, but
0: he was still immense. Like it's it's near impossible to stop a player of his caliber. He has already cemented himself as like one of the greatest goal scorers who's ever walked the planet. Um he's twenty four today. Yeah. I so looking at this game plan, I was like, this all sounds very familiar. You wanna know who did this? And they got a I wanna say it was a, a draw out of it. This is uh Eddie Howe did this against Manchester City. Maybe not exactly like this, but he he didn't mark Kyle Walker. Um yes, Kyle Walker. Uh, with Alan Saint-Maximin, he let Alan saint Maximine stay wide like that, and when he would drift, when Kyle Walker would get forward, Joe Linton moved out on the wing to right. basically pick him up, right. and it's that same kind of like, no, I'm, I'm, we're gonna keep hitting you on this counter. We're just gonna keep, you know, we're as soon as we get the ball. We're already in offense. You have to work for it, but we're not gonna.
1: Right. Teo, Teo they left Teo Hernandez Hernandez um Hernandez. <laughs> Hernandez. Hernandez. They'd left um Teo Hernandez um uh until that he made it to the final third, they just left him free yeah. the entire match because they they knew that the real danger was Mbappe. Yeah. So like so if you decide to press Taylor Hernandez, you're opening up space for Mbappe, and the the one thing they wanted to do was not give Mbappe space.
0: And Teo at the half-field line, what is he really going to do to you? Is he going to play a ball that's going to beat you from there? I mean, maybe, but he, if he does, good for him. I mean, he has to hit
1: a perfect ball. Like, he he has to play in a way, he's not that dangerous. He's a dangerous player, but he's yeah. not the player that is going to score the goals. right. And if he does hit a perfect ball to Giroud on his head and they score a goal, you have to applaud them for it, you know? And, <laughs> right. and you was have hard. to take those chances as if yeah. you're Argentina. They were be brave. France was a form physically dominant team. Yeah. Um, and Argentina knew that. So they would try to find ways to be clever about how they, you know, Mbappe, there's no one that's going to be Mbappe for speed. They know that. No. So what, what are they going to do? They're going to find ways to like limit the amount of space for that speed to be lethal. And they worked for 80 plus minutes. It worked for 80 plus minutes. <laughs> and then it, once they gave up a penalty of all, all the wheels, like the wheels <laughs> it just fell came off, which is w- incredible. Um, And so, yeah. And so they, th- I, like Argentina's game plan for four fifths of the game, was incredible. Four fifths yeah. of the game was incredible, and like, and they completely dominated France for that good that that amount of game. It took France's substitutes to come in for anything to really change in that game, and um,
0: and much like Jason,
1: he's just
0: never quite dead, and France was never quite dead. Like we said earlier, it does not take them a lot to to get a goal. The
1: the penalty was the the game changer. Otamendi was it was foolish from Otamendi. I know that they probably would have scored either way, but I think the penalty allowed France to reset a little bit more. And maybe if they score an open play, it it like forces Argentina to um like reset a little bit differently. And I think the the penalty put argentina on their heels a little bit and there was also that pressure so when you make it to a final you're up yeah sometimes that pressure of having to hold on to a lead can can really eat at you and the they were someone was talking about one of the journalists i think it was for espnfc maybe it was julia laurent or something Mm. someone they talked about how um, in the first half, when Argentina scored the first two goals, they're celebrating, they're crying, they're going crazy, they're singing for their their team. When as time time kept growing over the course of the second half, um, the Argentinian fans became tighter and tighter and it tighter. Just weighs on you, and you and can it, feel it closing. Uh, in. Yeah, Argent, and you know, though, I know that I know that people don't necessarily believe that that can be a factor, but oh my god. It definitely oh, yeah, is. For sure. People people can get real tight, real fast. And that nervousness, that energy, tr- like, exudes throughout the whole building. And France took advantage of that in a way. They took advantage of that tightness towards the end. And, um, and, and thankfully, Argentina made it to the end of the 90 minutes because they were <laughs> holding on there for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fascinating. Just a fascinating game and how... France found ways to create the chances they needed to 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 make it to that point, and Mbappe is lethal. People don't realize. There's a great story with Emmy Martinez that we will talk about very shortly because mm-hmm. we'll get into the penalties and the extra time and all of that. Because Emmy Martinez had probably one of the best saves I've seen in extra time to keep them from like losing the World Cup in yeah in extra time. Um, but there is something about there's something very special about Mbappe. And his ability to score or create chances that um, no one else can with his speed and his ability and his, his intelligence. He's a very intelligent player. I know people, he is a physical specimen, but he is, people have comparisons of him to Ronaldo and Henri and, and those players. He's better than them. He's already better than them, in my opinion. And if he were to move to France, uh, to Spain, to play at Real Madrid or or Barcelona, or one of those teams, he would be a freak. He'd score so many more goals. In France, France is a much more physical league. People don't realize that. A, a league, a league like like La Liga, he would score more goals. I can promise you that because that's what happened to Ronaldo. Ronaldo went to Spain and he became a freak of nature. Right. Like Messi doesn't have as good in numbers in France, but that's because that is best. That league is more physically robust. And it's a little bit more difficult to to compete in that league sometimes
0: right uh so it's it's kind of like the and obviously different levels but kind of like the championship where you don't necessarily have all the most technical players so you kind of make up for it with physicality and you know grit mm-hmm. I guess is the nice way to put it mm-hmm. but yeah so do you want to go to Emmy Mart- Martinez from here?
1: Well, I, we can talk a bit about the extra time and how the extra time was more of the end, more towards the end of the game, the last 15 minutes, than it was um, the first 80. And Argentina created a bunch of chances in the same way that they did. And can I tell you uh, the 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 changes that Argentina made from the start, where they had Angel Di Maria and Julian Alvarez, were such good changes because you realize that the the guys that were starting for them initially um were they just weren't ava- really available lataro martinez had chances and he he kind of duffed a lot of them and he looked very <laughs> slow on the field like as if almost the moment was too i can't i won't say the moment was too big for him they're all superstar players it he he looked lethargic he looked yeah a little bit slow on that field and it it was assigned to Julian Alvarez covered a lot of ground and Yeah, we should we should talk
0: about that. Part of the so he played up top mm-hmm. and part of the strategy was part of their tactics, Argentinas, was he would drop into midfield yeah. to cover when they would do all the rotations mm-hmm. on Mbappe. Mm-hmm. And then he would get forward. Mm-hmm to go join the attack. Mm. He probably ran, and I haven't looked at the stats on this, he probably ran more than anyone else in the game.
1: Yeah, he and uh, McAllister, another guy who was excellent for them. He, He had one mistake I remember watching. He had this crazy back heel where he like they were in like the middle third and he back heeled about twenty yards and I'm like what are you doing and I think it was his only mistake of the game really yeah other it, it other was like he a was,
0: looping back heel he like like kicked it up and back and it was just it was bad it yeah was not it, uh, a good choice it was
1: they put players under pressure I was I was oh, in a way I was grateful to see nothing come of it because he had been so good in that game at right. that point and throughout the entire game he was excellent was able to constantly find the right player for the overload. Was able to defend really well and cover lots of space and and um, really sh- uh, showed his quality. And uh, Brighton is licking their chops now because they're going to get another huge transfer fee for that man when he moves to a big club because he's going somewhere. He's yeah. it may not happen in January, but it's definitely happening in May. He's he's going to yeah. be someone's going to pay a lot of money for him, um, Chelsea. And
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> you think he's Chelsea bound?
1: Yeah, I mean Harry, um, Harry Potter. Oh, Grand Potter's uh, there. Grand Potter, yeah. <laughs> Grand Potter's there. Um, they've bought a lot of Brighton players recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely a, it's definitely He's a like
0: thing. you you know why Brighton was good because we had good players. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. My I mean, tactics are okay. Yeah,
1: we had good players, really good players, and they still do. So, yeah, I think the extra time and it was another sign too that France had grown into the game and yeah. uh, you know were just as dangerous at that point as um Argentina I think Argentina also knew that they didn't they didn't have they didn't have a lot of legs up they they were pretty gassed yeah. by the end of that match And France that's where France really took over right.
0: France and, can run forever essentially mm-hmm. I've never seen Mbappé get tired
1: he never is tired yeah. he he pleaded with his teammates at halftime when they were down i think yeah. he was one of the main reasons why they they uh, pushed on and and made it so close
0: right for for better or worse he's kind of the guy for his teams like PSG and France and you know, whenever you have a, a striker of his caliber, you get to be a little bit the emotional leader sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see that sometimes in the character of the teams he's in You're a little inconsistent. He's only 24, you know, but oh I, yeah, I, I mean,
1: he 24, he's still growing. I think yeah. he's
0: only going to be,
1: even better, you think in, in, in the United States in four years, you think he's, he's going to be 28?
0: I mean, yeah, that, that would be his time.
1: Yeah, I think it, there's a chance they could win it again in four years, and that would yeah. be two and three. That yeah. would be pretty special. I think winning one is
0: special enough, but making winning one and, and making a final is is enough to be considered. Like, making three finals? <laughs> right. It was crazy.
1: I mean, he has the other supporting talent around him, and
0: yeah. they're going.
1: there is no drop. There will right. be no drop for them in four
0: years. They, they, Drew won't be there, but they'll have somebody. There's plenty of French strikers coming up. Right?
1: They have plenty, like midfielders, defenders. Yep. I think the only real area that that could be a concern is a goalkeeper position. But I mean, I think Luiz will be towards his twilight. At, I think it'll be 38 or 39. But they,
0: that's, that's still, still reasonable, adequate. For, it
1: could be adequate yeah. enough. We'll just see how he continues to. Yeah. But there's a whole, yeah. There's a whole. There's a they. They're going to be fine.
0: Yeah, there'll be no drop off yeah. in the next four years. And
1: same thing, Argentina is going to be okay for a while too. I mean, they don't, they won't have the greatest of all time, maybe. But he's, he's talked about, he's still going to continue to play. Is he? Yeah, he's no longer retiring. He's like, oh, I'm wow. going to celebrate as a champion. So he's going to okay. play for a little, little while longer. Hey. Which, for him. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, the goat gets to do whatever he wants,
0: right? And honestly, you just start like if you're the Argentine Football Federation, just start. Start booking friendlies in the next six months. I
1: know, you're going to make so much more money than you've ever made in your
0: entire life. Book friendlies, be like, Messi will come. It's going to be over summer break. Messi, tell PSG you're not going to be there. You're just going to go play games with Argentina, with their kids, whoever, and just, you know, bring the the, uh, the trophy. Just put it in midfield. Be like, hey, this is why we're doing this. (laughs) This is our victory tour.
1: I love it. I love it, yeah. And I mean... They're they're probably licking their chops with Adidas. They're probably licking their chops over everything that, uh, that they'll probably set themselves up for the next generation. Hopefully, hopefully they can. Well, they just got like a million beers.
0: So they
1: did. Yeah, uh,
0: remember Budweiser?
1: Oh, that's right. So
0: right when they couldn't send beer to the World Cup, they like, sent a all million. Right, whoever wins gets all the beer we were going to send to Qatar. So Argentina is fueled by bud right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: I, the Argentinians are like, yeah, this is so good. This is- Bring
0: Coca-Cola here again. Why don't you? Oh, my God. Yeah, this is okay, I guess. <laughs>
1: um, it's
0: free. Yeah, it um, is. It is free.
1: And they like to have a They talk about it, them having a good time. Whew.
0: It, the party is still going.
1: Oh, yeah. Four million people <laughs> were roaming the streets. they were on the highways. It didn't matter. They were everywhere. It was but, um, I, seeing some of the photos. It was absolutely incredible. I mean, the fact that the players had to be put on helicopters because of the the danger of the situation. <laughs> not that the people were going to be, like, having be dangerous with the players, but it
0: was just a very... Right, like, just a crush. Just, a, was, crush. just a crush. They're just
1: yeah. trying to be careful with everyone.
0: And, it's crazy. Uh, uh, craziness. <laughs> I mean, and talk... Of, I mean, oh, man. They've been waiting. So, like, there's always been that, well, he's not Maradona, right? He's not Maradona, because he never won one. And now they can kind of embrace him in the same way especially since you know maradona is no longer with us yes. with us Yeah. RIP. so they so they can now they have their a new guy that they can bring wherever and he is the the argentine football hero yeah yeah i i it's it's funny
1: that passion that argentinian passion i think that's part of why Messi also isn't um like it wasn't part of that whole conversation because Maradona carried that passion with him as he yeah. played. Messi is more a little more reserved. He's not necessarily he's not necessarily in the mold of I don't know if anyone's ever watched Argentinian soccer or <laughs> or I should say football or like the way the fans are, but there is Copa 90 uh, which is on YouTube has a great a great um documentary of the of the I I call it I think it's the greatest rival, one, one of maybe like one of the five greatest rivalries in all of football, which is uh, River Plate and uh, Boca Juniors. Yeah, and they go and they go to um, Argentina, where all mayhem breaks loose, and they end up having to play the final in Madrid because <laughs> because of the danger of having yeah. it playing it in in Boc- in, in uh, Buenos Aires. It's just a sign. The way that they sing, the way that they chant, yeah. the way that they 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 root for their teams. It's it's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different ballgame. And
0: speaking of Argentine passion, <laughs> we've been waiting to talk about this. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I, I yeah, I. <laughs> And, and so we were talking, oh, Messi is not that kind of guy. I just right. want to quickly yeah, finish yeah. that. Messi is not necessarily the type of guy. He has his moments where he's passionate, but it's he's more reserved. The, another guy who's actually fairly reserved, too, is Scaloni. Yeah. In a way, he, they needed that calmness from their their coach. Like, when they won, he, you could see he kind of just sat there and was like, well, cool, what just happened? Do we just actually want <laughs> right. it? Just sort just of
0: deflated, it. like all his energy had been spent on on being calm, and then
1: he <laughs> then he got emotional. It was like a, it yeah. took a couple of minutes, and then he started crying and did the whole thing. But I mean, he wasn't like screaming, or he wasn't that typical. Like they yeah. they sing with their hands and everything. And, um, yeah, so yeah, Messi is, not, and I think that's hard to embrace sometimes. Um, yeah. And the fact that he moved to Spain at fifteen, um, there's a lot of there are a lot of reasons why the Argentinian people didn't necessarily connect with Mister yeah. Messi well he's
0: um, it's when you are so talented in a way that is near impossible mm-hmm. like messi is mm-hmm. like everyone can look at mbappe and understand why he is who he is right to continue this comparison he's he's big he's fast he's strong he outruns everybody and then he and then he goes and scores goals right mm-hmm. messi Is not that he's fast, yeah. He's technically gifted, but he's just there's something dreamlike about his talent, Mm. something surreal Mm. about it, and that's also hard to embrace. It's like Steph Curry. I mean, he's taken one legged fadeaway three pointers, and you're like, that's not real, like, (laughs) and it is,
1: or he's like taking uh, like, like normal shots from the You know, the logo at the center court just casually as if it's just a regular shot from 15 feet.
0: Right. Yes. And and it's hard for uh, I know a lot of old basketball players essentially to be like like they sort of don't respect Steph in the same way they respect other players because it's just well, that's not real. Like that's not a thing people do, you know, but he does it. And and that's my yeah, it's not a thing that people do but missy just does it
1: so unique yeah yeah and we'll go we'll, we're gonna come back to him don't worry yeah but we do want to talk about argentine passion and we want to talk about i want to talk about specifically as a goalkeeper and a goalkeeper coach i want to talk about emmy martinez because former gunner former gunner emmy martinez who there's always this running gag on social media with emmy martinez and like these memes about he's his his, his uh his uh, his chip on his shoulder for having to leave Arsenal and go somewhere else, yeah. like and it's really funny. And in a way, it has fueled him to be where he is today. Yeah. Um,
0: I I think uh, so much like every grill cook I've ever known, um, he's probably fueled by caffeine and rage. There's something. <laughs> there's
1: definitely something happening there. Um, there's uh, <laughs> he's he's a throwback in my opinion. He's a throwback in a sense that. He is built on his wildness, but yeah. controlled wildness. He knows when to use it and when not to use it. Because I think he also is very calm when he needs to be as well. Right. Like, he, they don't play out of the back with him because he's a wild man when he's in possession. It's because he's actually very calm and they trust him very much.
0: Yeah. His he personality. Uses, <laughs>
1: his wildness comes out when it becomes mano y mano. Yeah. You know, it becomes one 1v1. One one. It becomes this i have to go there yeah to psych someone out because i may not beat you physically but i'm gonna beat you somewhere else and even though he is a giant of a human being he's like six he's built like a linebacker in a way he's like six five and 235 he's like a big dude right like big big dude so like those types of things you know it's it. It started last year when they went to Copa America and they had the penalties. They had penalties against Colombia and there were no fans in the stadium and you could hear him talking the loudest trash
0: ever, <laughs> just constant shit. Like
1: seriously, like <laughs> right. he saved Jerry uh, Mina's penalty because he's like, oh, you you, who the fuck are you? Like you're right, a pussy. Like you're you, a pussy. And the referee had to be like, you can't say that. Like you <laughs> right. can't. He's like, who are you? What are you nervous? You're nervous. I bet you're nervous. I'm gonna save this on you. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this and kept going, kept going. Right. And he just was calm, saved the penalty, got up, just looked at him. And then <laughs> right. the next guy comes up. He's talking a whole bunch of trash. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're not going to hit this. You're not going to hit this. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the players have this like heightened you, – you put them in this heightened emotional state, and now yeah. they have to deliver in this heightened emotional state. It's right. why Harry Kane missed his penalty against France, by the way. Yeah. It's because he was, he was in a heightened emotional state, and he knew he had to hit it and finish yeah. it, and he allowed his emotions to – better him in that moment because i guarantee you in any other moment and any other time he finishes that penalty and we're 2-2 and we may not see talk talking about france in the final we'd be talking about england in the final
0: i uh firmly believe that no one should ever take two penalties like that in a game that's that you're asking for a lot because that first one was really nice but now he has to try and outthink Lloris. i while in that You know, desperate situation. Bring, bring, I mean, give Sokka his,
1: his cycle. Bring it back to him. Like, make, have him finish that second one and you go to, but they had already substituted him at that point, so it didn't matter. I
0: was going to, right. But that, but that would have been the move, right? That would have been the arc, right? Here you go.
1: Here, Bukayo, take it. I, I trust you. You're going to do this. And he probably would have finished. It would have been fun.
0: You know, that's, uh, that's a full on like sports anime arc right there. Yeah. And, And that's the kind of stuff that wins championships. Yeah.
1: Um, so back to Emmy, I, I, I wanted to bring that up. Is he knows he knows that. So I'm going to get a little in depth here, but it, I, in my opinion, okay, as a goalkeeper coach, in my opinion, as a goalkeeper coach, penalties are zero sum game theory. Mm-hmm. I know that people think that's like sort of wild in a way to think about, but it's zero sum game theory. So you're doing anything you can to change the the parameters of what is actually happening because it's a still shot from 12 yards that takes one second, maybe. Right? Unsavable. It should be. It's All right, it's on average between 78 and 88%, something to that extent. I think 20 years ago, it was 88%. It's dropped to 78%, which means goalkeepers have become better at saving penalties.
0: I, so I think it's film. I think they probably know. There's
1: film. I think there's also... I also think there are tactics, better tactics with regards to... Yeah. saving penalties than there used to be. Um, and I think the, we teach the players, they, they we teach goalkeepers better to save them. So it becomes a more difficult moment. But Emmy Martinez is a master of all the other things, including saving the penalty, but he's a master of creating moments to, to see what the player will do. So there's never a moment where he doesn't necessarily know what direction he's going. It's very rare he goes the wrong way. I know that sounds crazy. He does go the wrong way sometimes, but I find he's always going in the right direction. So Mbappe's penalties, by the way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he got his hands on two of them. He's got his hands on two, because he hit three penalties, right, But Mbappe? I think so. He got his hands on two of them. So it wasn't the fact that he was wrong with Mbappe. Right. It's he Actually, I think he had sense. his hands on three of the four goals that Mbappe scored in, in the game. Yeah. Of the three of the four finishes. And that just says to me a, a man who's very confident in the ability of what he does, and he's a yeah. madman. He's a <laughs> madman. He's the, he's the type of crazy that you need sometimes in a team to help them get over the hump. And it's like it's such a great controlled crazy that they're I think someone was talking about this about like about about how um, people are need to be upset at Emmy Martinez, and I think about how he's. Um, been treating this whole moment and this and that how he like kind of humped the glove and did the whole thing yeah Yeah, which i love in a way because he's saying you know fuck you fifa fuck you qatar and also saying like woo he's a humper like what can i say he's a humper he's he's a he does it all the time he did it to bruno fernandez he does his little shimmies (laughs) and he does the whole thing, like even during the penalties in the final, he was doing it. He made like two. He's like just, just right. shimmying all over the place. Like he's just in his
0: element in that moment. Right. He's like, I'm gonna save you. I'm gonna save. He's you. like,
1: baby, I got this. Messi, <laughs> don't you worry.
0: I can't wait to dance to you later. Like it's it was, coming home is coming home to Argentina. Yeah, baby.
1: it's a. It was amazing. It was amazing, <laughs> and that <laughs> just <have it. laughs> and then... Then he's carrying a doll, like a baby doll, with Mbappe's, like, face planted on it. (laughs) And people are like, and he's, like, making, like, whingy faces. It's like, and he's just, like, holding it. I love it. Because you know what? People people are like, oh, Mbappe's being treated poorly. I'm like, yo, Mbappe laughed in Kane's face. Right, right.
0: Like, lost his shit that Kane missed. And
1: Mbappe also criticized South American football and said it wasn't as good as European football. Yeah. He, don't give me this garbage that emmy martinez is like doing something horribly wrong to killian mbappe this is not about race it's not about any of those things it's about one man even though he was bested by Kylian mbappe he won the war <laughs> right. he won the war and that's all he's thinking about he's like yes. i won the war you may have won the battle my friend but guess what yeah. you are my baby now yeah, because I, get, I, get I to have carry the you around. Yeah, yeah, I have the Jules Rimet Trophy, and you have nothing. Right. Well, you, you have the to golden go boot. Home. You get right. to go home, and so I love that. I just think, like, I I can't wait for the the next moment of of when they play against each other because it's going to be amazing. I really hope that Emmy Martinez is going to have a, a um, who's second in France right now?
0: Who's first in France right now? PSG. PSG's first. Who's second?
1: I don't know. Marseille.
0: If you're Marseille, you just...
1: if Marseille had any money, I would say yes. It right. You amazing. should you
0: should go get Emmy Martinez.
1: Oh man, I I think Mbappe would stay in France just to right.
0: Just like okay, all right, I get it.
1: I need to ruin you're, this this you're man for three or four
0: okay. years. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I, score a hundred on you.
1: If <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm a team that is needs a goalkeeper mm-hmm. the, at a big big club. That's a dude I want. I
0: think there's two, actually three.
1: If I'm Manchester United, I can't believe I'm bringing this up. If I'm Manchester mm-hmm. United, I'm looking at that dude because he would set a tone, a different tone for that team. And Aaron Tech he can still play in Aaron Te- Ten Hag's system because um, he is really, he is incredibly underrated at possessing the ball at the back. I know people think that he's just this big guy. No, he can play at the back. Yeah, I mean Arteta Trust Yeah, Art. Argentina did and Arteta trusted him to play at the back. They scored goals he, that way. He
0: turned somebody in the final. He didn't do a he didn't do a criff turn, but he did like a behind the back dribble. Like where he like kicked it behind his other foot and sidestepped him. Mm-hmm. Like in yeah. like the twentieth minute. Yeah, like he can play with his feet. He's okay. <laughs> he's
1: very he is very adept at doing that. He may not be Ederson or Allison, he may not yep. be of that incredible level, but he's just below that. And, and really, I he's I, a pr- Brazilian
0: keeper anyway there's only two yeah
1: right and so and so they, I think whoever someone is going to sign him in Aston Villa is not going to be able to charge that like they'll be able to have pay. someone's going to pay him some money but it's not going to be ridiculous cash for him and so? it'll be a deal 25
0: 30 yeah
1: 30 which in this in this day and age is actually a good price I yeah. think especially for a World Cup winner who is actually a really really good shot stopper and is has got that edge to him that you need as a as a big team in my opinion.
0: And this is for Free Austin Villa. Take let's say 5 to 10 million of that. Go buy Matt Turner from Arsenal just continue <laughs> continue the former Arsenal keeper thing you have going on. Keep the rest of it maybe invested in, I don't know, somebody else. You know who would be a good choice? Weston McKenney. Oh man, you're you're you want Aston Villa to be the uh, American
1: no, the that's an American just
0: club thing. Two incredibly good moves. <laughs> yeah, it would be good moves.
1: I mean, uh, as they Asimilla has been talked about for West McCain. That has been yeah, a thing. Yeah. Um the Matt Turner thing. They're going to have to pay more for Matt Turner. You think so? Yep. 10 mil? Yeah, that's what
0: Arsenal paid for him. Okay. Uh, they're gonna oh, they're going to have to pay like 20. Oh god. Yeah, because he he is by a lot of like publications and journalists like the second best keeper of the tournament. Really? Yeah. They they graded him incredibly favorably.
1: I mean, he was great. I mean, part of the reason with America, uh, the United States were able to play the way they were is, is because of him.
0: You want to know what actually was like a weirdly, and I know we're off track, but uh, what was a weirdly important part of the United States attack? Matt Turner's distribution. His long distance distribution, too, is very good.
1: Is excellent. It's excellent. Yeah. Uh, Mikel Arteta has uh, talked about that a bunch and that he's improving in his short game. So yeah. he, I would not doubt in the next year or two that he is going to be a very... There could be a competition at Arsenal in the next year or two because every time I've seen Matt Turner play, I feel he's improved as part of his game. And Mikel yeah. Arteta is going to improve him. I know Mikel Arteta's I don't know if they're going to win a title at Arsenal. Like, I yeah. don't know, but... He has brought them back to a point where they could can compete for a title consistently, and I think that's a big deal. And I think that's a very special thing. He's going to go to Barcelona at some point in time of his life. That's going to happen because that's yeah, because that's part of the whole thing. If Xavi doesn't work out, I think Arteta is the next guy. Arteta's next. Yeah. Anyway,
0: that'll be fun. So there's really only one last thing on our docket, Mr. Messi. Goats go last.
1: Goats go last. We need to. All right, uh, go ahead. You start.
0: Me? You yeah. want me to start? Yeah. So here at 141 Studio, specifically in the coffee house, we maintain one tenant about the beautiful game. And it's that football is poetry. Football is art. Football isn't, is the spaces in between and the things you do with them. And I think... No one exemplifies the poetry and the art and the freedom of the beautiful game, probably in the history of football, like Leonel Missy. Mm-hmm. When he was young, his runs were tenacious, driven. Mm-hmm. He would He had like a never-say-die mentality as he would drive forward. He has looked at the best defenders in the world and said, "I'm I'm going to cross you up in a way that doesn't really happen in soccer." I watched him drop with a quick one-two, literally dropped him to the pitch. Oh, um, yeah, uh, Boateng, yeah, Jerome Boateng, and score a goal. His his signature signature goal is to drive in. The keeper comes out to make the save, and he just chips him, just a little, just a little chip. think And he never misses that. It's very rare. (laughs) It's very rare. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen him, that goal against Mexico in this tournament is a goal only he scores. It's through three sets of legs. There's nowhere, he's not looking at anything. He's just like, oh yeah, I can put it through here. And he curls it away from a keeper. It's a goal that only the greatest of all time can score. It just, whatever he does, it finds a way, right? That's, to me... Lionel Messi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Messi is... It's hard... There are times it's really hard to describe what he does because... um, Or to fully fathom and understand what he does. And that's why... That's one of the reasons why I think he is the ultimate definition of poetry in the game. And why the game is so special is because you... No one... No one sees and understands the game that he, the way he does. And maybe no one else ever will fully understand that. And there's something very special about that. Um, and there's a way in which he goes about the game. I always feel he plays with this integrity, this ability to honor the game for what it is, that is really special. And not many players have played in that way consistently over time. Would he have survived in another era? I think so. I think he would have. Because he, he very rarely is in really tough challenges. Very rarely. I mean, it, in his younger career, he was. There are people yeah. who would try to, like, essentially rugby tackle him. Yeah. Um, but as he, as he became older, he, he knew that he couldn't take the hits. And he does, he is physically challenged at times, but he knows, like, when to, when to let it go. And when to to just realize it's time to fight for another day, and I it, it's one of those things that are really special because he's never he's very rarely injured, yeah. He's very rarely seriously hurt. Like there, are, he's had his injuries over the course of his career, but not yeah for such an. He was never gone for a year. He's never gone for eighteen. Months. Yeah,
0: actually, I can't think of a single time
1: he was gone for a couple months at a time, like one yeah. or two months at a time. And so it's just something very special about his ability of to know that, like he can't. He, he knew his frame isn't giant, yeah. huge. And this is not also to say that he's not a physical specimen because he made sure he took care of his body to the, yeah. the, like, the nth degree, that he yeah. treated his body with the care and um, meticulousness of how he sees the game. Um,
0: but it's kind of a little rare to find a player of his stature and caliber that at no point was ever on like top 50 most athletic player in their game. He's probably he's probably never been top 100 like most physically dominant players in his game. He's always been small, he's always been quick. He's strong. I mean for a little guy, like he's he's pretty strong, yeah. but he's never been considered the most athletic guy on on any any pitch
1: he's he's a freakishly good athlete going laterally yeah like he's a freakishly he just knows how to move laterally really 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 well and he just knows his he knows how to you know keep the ball he just knows how to you know get he knows how to you know blow by people he knows how to beat people and he knows
0: how to protect the ball when he needs to protect it well and that's that's sort of always been his best ability right no matter what challenge you put in on him he knows how to keep that going forward for himself. Right. I've seen him get cleaned out, get back up, basically bounce back up and beat the other other team to the ball. Right. Still, right. right? And like that's just that's Messi. He's always always taken that like that step to just bounce up and and keep keep right. control of the ball. Always have the ball on your feet, right?
1: Um, there's also he produced with his poetry too which is sort of a special thing you know um, there's there's always going to be this comparison with Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Lionel Messi and I think it will happen forever and ever and ever because they're uh, forever linked Yeah, they'll be forever linked because Cristiano Ronaldo is also a very special talent the reason why Messi is the special player and why he's a different caliber I think is because Messi is the nature of the game. Like he is the unique nature and poetry of the game like personified. And Ronaldo is the intense industry and deficiency of the game. Maxing out every little bit of of who you are and being able to change um, every bit of it as you can um, over the course of time. And it and they both have had their periods where everyone's like, oh, he's the greatest, he's the greatest, he's the greatest. And I do, I think Ronaldo is very close to that Pantheon, I think. He's like right on the edge of it, you know. Yeah. I think if he were somehow to have made the final, it would be hard not to deny him of that Pantheon. Even then, I still think he's probably there, um, ultimately, because of the way he's produced and the amount of goals he's scored over the course of his club career, because not many people produce the way he does. Well, he's sort of there with like Thierry
0: Henry and Zidane.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're like there together. I think Zidane, yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things that's hard to. But Messi.
0: The original Ronaldo.
1: The original Ronaldo, I think, is with those guys. I think he's yeah. with like Messi. In my opinion, just watching him play, I mean, it's just he never was healthy. He yeah. would he'd talk about a man who.
0: It, injury was really derailed by. Yeah. Or, yeah, career was really derailed by injuries.
1: Yeah. Um, and just people kicking him Yeah, pretty nastily. Um, anyway, um, I think Messi is... Of course, now my words are lacking with him because <laughs> of his specialness. But I think... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to... I'm, I, this might be slightly X-rated, but we're going to go with it anyways. Um, you ever been with a partner? <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. So, you ever been with a partner... And, and they've genuinely expressed to you um, that no one does it the way you do.
0: E- yes, this is, yes, I mean it's
1: a rhetorical thing, but yes, no yeah. one does it the way you do. This is like a rhetorical thing. This is not necessarily like I need to have an answer from from you, Ryan, or from anyone. Um, actually no, please email us
0: our answers. It's uh, a <laughs> Paul Cushing <laughs> no. oh, no. com. i no, would no, like no. to hear if you've ever uh, if you've
1: ever heard that before. Um, so <laughs> anyway, I think the game and the field say that's messy all the time. Yes, I th- and I've said it fair. to Pele and I've said it to Maradona right.
0: No one has ever done it like you do. And
1: no one has ever done it the way that you have. Yeah,
0: that's you know a little X-rated, but it was a beautiful way to put that.
1: I, I it's in because it, it's a lovemaking. It's not necessarily like a right. You know, it's it's like the whole thing is just like this connected, visceral thing that can like transcends. Like everyone knows who's messy is. Everyone knows like the th- everyone knows the thing
0: he does. He is probably the most famous athlete in the world
1: right now. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, and it's hard to not, um, it's hard not to, um, I don't want to over exaggerate the whole thing because it's, it can, that can happen. I feel we are in such a time at this point. And I think other times are very much like this. I don't think we've changed that much in that way where, where um, we, it's always
0: whoever's now. Yeah,
1: whoever is now. But there, Lionel Messi has been so consistently good for so long it's hard not to put him in that pantheon of players and yep. consistently pushing himself and making himself go to that next next step that next level and he dragged them through that group stage he did he he was the reason. He why was they the were reason why. And, and then once they figured it out, it was it was a little bit easier for him. But that he was one of the big reasons, that he was great in almost every game of that tournament. There wasn't a game where he wasn't good. I think the first game against Saudi Arabia, he was okay, and yeah. people were questioning whether or not he was gonna, he was up for it. Yeah, someone I'm looking at right now.
0: What? No, I think I think he's not the same guy he was when he was younger. But he was, you know. Uh, did I actually say that? I might have said that. Mm. Please email if I said that to <laughs> Paul Cushing <laughs> why, wait, 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 wait. at gmail.com. Why is this
1: all coming to me and not to you?
0: Because I don't want to answer emails. <laughs> um. But what, all I'm saying is that
1: um, Arsene Wenger talked about how the game is poetry and why the game is so hard to analyze in some ways, like with analytics and with numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can use numbers to help us, but it doesn't define what the game is. And I don't know if there will ever be a true way to um, design how the game um, will be seen in a way where it's perfectly analytical, like baseball or basketball or or uh, some of the other sports that occur. And in a way, I love that. I love it. Um, you can determine whether players are good or not, but you can't determine how teams will win and lose game. And I think Messi is the personification of that in a lot of ways. Analytically, he's one of the best players who have ever existed. But, and it, it shows on the field, but he also does things that no one, that you can't put in analytics. You can't put in numbers. You can't put, you can only put in words or even with a lack of words, but in just a visceral vision and understanding of what you believe the game is. And it's not to say that Cristiano Ronaldo is not also the same thing, but I think that vision is Lionel Messi. So in my current, you know, and yeah. it's not to say that Maradona wasn't also brilliant. I was able to watch Maradona at the end when he was just when he the the drugs had sort of taken hold of his body in some ways, and he was still great. He was at the United States in '94, and he, uh, um, they drug tested him after he scored a goal in Foxborough Stadium, and he had this deranged look on his face. <laughs> Um, And he was essentially, that was the end of his career, that moment. Um,
0: Hey, Maradona, you're 90% cocaine. That's not you have, (laughs) like... (laughs) But, so, I think to sum it all up, and because they are forever linked, one gets the feeling that Ronaldo would have been successful in any sport he pursued. For Mm -hmm. Messi, there was only ever football. As always... This is 141 Studio. All hail the trash fire.
1: Thank you for listening to the Coffee House. Thank you Messi. Thank you this World Cup. Also, I thank you because I want to make one little point here. Oh. Thank you because you brought a lot of things to light that we needed to see. Not only about this game which is beautiful, but also the 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 trash fire that is happening also around the world and all these terrible things that are happening. Um. Thank you for bringing those things to light because there are things that we continue need to continue as a human race to grow and, and learn as people. So thank you for that, and thank you, Infantino, for being a complete knobhead, an
0: absolute Bond villain.
1: Yeah, ab- he does. <laughs> he looks like Doctor No, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he's an uh, absolute, he's Doctor No. He yeah, talks like a Bond villain.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Infantino, um, and thank you for the coffee house. And for 141 Studio, for having the space so we could do this World Cup, it's a big deal. The fact that we made it through this whole World Cup, it's, I feel, I hope, it will grow us into bigger and better things as time goes did, on.
0: Did you just thank the studio like it's not us?
1: Yeah, the studio is a thing. It's it's a living being. It constantly changes. So let's not... Well, well, that's It's terrifying. real hot right now.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah, one can imagine it as some kind of house-shaped monster.
1: It is nine. It's like about. It's almost ninety degrees in here. It's it's hot. It's, it's fucking, properly hot in here. Sweating. I'm not joking. Yeah. yeah, it is really warm in here. Um, I think next time we're gonna have a fan and like uh boxers and t-shirts, and I, I think we'll just record that way from now on.
0: Yeah, and you just get you just get ambient fan noise. Yeah,
1: the whole time. Yeah. Um,
0: but thank you, and um, I'll <laughs> hail the trash fire. I'll hail the trash fire.